0: Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. And guess what? It's also free. They have so many tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you on different apps like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. There's also money-making opportunities from Anchor with minimum listenership. It's everything you need to start your path to being a successful podcaster. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So I ask you, what are you waiting for? Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the second edition of Dom's Waves of Words. This week's topic is a very, very heavy topic, and especially within the black and brown communities, it's considered a taboo topic, but it is a topic that I think deserves attention and that is the topic of mental health. Mental health is one of the scariest things to deal with because it's okay for your body to be injured but for whatever reason we are taught that it is not okay for our minds to be injured and this week's poem, this week's discussion will look to address some of the things and some of the reasons why within our communities this topic is so taboo. So without further ado, we will start with our spoken word piece, which is a piece that I wrote in my third book that came out July of last year, which was titled Disease of the Mind. Okay. I hope you all enjoy. Here is the piece. I hate you. You fat black bitch. You ain't shit. Your dad ain't shit. And you will never be shit. Old MC Hammer. Too legit to quit. This is what I see in the mirror. These are the brands that I wear. I inhale depression. I embody despair. I'm too dumb. I'm too fat. I'm too short. I'm too black. They'll never accept you for you. That is a proven fact. You eat too much, you don't have the flyest gear, I know you're not crying, I better not see a tear, I'm a slave to my mind, my thoughts I fear, the voices in my head all screaming louder than the headphones that sit on my ear, all I see is a blur, my vision never clear, as I look at my reflection, glaring back at me, I see the monster that abides deep inside of me. I see a young boy lost and confused, confused and abused. From the time I was conceived, I've been playing a game that I was destined to lose. I walk around with a smile on my face, feet on the ground, dreams I'm trying to chase. But this pain in my heart, I don't know how to feel. I don't know if the hell I'm in, I'm imagining, or is real. Fuck. In times like this, the church says pray, but I'm pretty sure that God doesn't want to hear what I have to say because because my first question would be why? Why did you take my mom away? Who the fuck are you and who do you think you are and why is it that you are the one that has the final say? They say we're made in your image, but I don't believe that shit because if that be the case, then you telling me that he ain't shit? I'm a man beaten, battered, and broken, so much pain on my heart, so many words left unspoken. Today, I thought, I thought the thought we're told not to think about, we're told not to talk about. I thought about it. I thought about ending not only this chapter, but making a conclusion to this story. I thought about killing myself today. I've gotten to a place where I don't know what to do. There's none like me that can understand what I go through. We're silenced because this topic is considered taboo. Dominique Gabriel Washington, I fucking hate you. So that was a piece called, as you can guess, um, I Hate You. And it's a very personal piece. Um... I've never been more intimate with my writing than with this particular poem. For um, those that are listening, I'm not in that place anymore. But when I wrote this, I was in a very, very, very dark place. You know, for those of you that know me, you know, you guys know that I lost my mom. And for those that understood the relationship between me and my mother, that that was the you know most important relationship that I've ever had in my life. Um, my mom was my best friend. So when she died, um, it, it hit me bad. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't know how to cope. Um, it, it was just a rough time. Um, so for those of you that are not aware, you know, my mom passed away after she had heart surgery. And I just was left in a dark place. I had so many questions. You know, I didn't have enough answers. I I was angry. I was confused. Every emotion you can think of, I had. So as I'm writing this, I'm writing it from a place of hurt. Um, I'm writing it from a place where I'm trying to rationalize why it happened. Okay. And I just could not find the light. It, it was all dark for me. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that we as people don't know how to cope with things. My coping mechanism was to just stay out of limelight, you know, stay away from people. I, I didn't want to go outside my room. I didn't want to go to school. You know, it was Right around finals time, and let's just say I did not do well that semester, um, I had lost my way. Um, my mom was my inspiration to do everything. My mom you know, was there with me through all the highs and lows, the, the achievements, the failures. I knew that if I couldn't rely on anyone else, that I could rely on my mother. So when she passed, it was like the floor that I had instantly fell. I didn't know which way was up, I couldn't see straight. So, when I wrote this, I'm, you know, I just thought about it. I'm like, well, you know, why not? What's what's the point of trying to go on? You know, um you grow up in the inner city and it's literally all about survival. And when you are trying to survive, you do not have the Liberty to say, to focus on things that you should focus on because we're, we're taught to devalue these things. So where I come from, 17th and Lehigh, you know, you don't got time to sit down and be like, okay, well, mentally, I'm not okay because physically you have to be okay. Okay. Now, the only injuries that mattered when you lived in 17th and Lehigh was, could you walk? You know, can you get to where you need to go? Because... The bills are due, your, your job doesn't care about your mental health, you know, school doesn't care about your mental health, and you had to continue to push even when you had no motivation to do so. So that was the mentality that I grew up with. The mentality that I grew up with was, okay, if, it, you know, if I can't put a Band-Aid on it, then it's not important. So unfortunately, you can't put a Band-Aid on your mind. When you are going through something mentally, that is a whole different level of hurt. And, you know, what I have learned is that there is an interconnectedness between your mind being sick and your body being sick, which a lot of people do not make that connection. But I have learned that when you are when you are mentally sick, it has an effect on you physically, but we don't pay enough attention to it. OK, <clears throat> so a person asked me, why did I choose to write about mental health when it came to my third book? It's actually funny because it only took me a week to write the third book, but it was such a topic that struck a nerve in my heart that I had to. I I, I couldn't not talk about it. I couldn't not address something that was on my heart. So I actually remember when I... When it actually came to me, I was sitting in training. I was <laughs> running the early start program or helping to run the early start program, and I was in training with the peer mentors. And we had a presentation from the counseling and psychological services department at the university. And as she was talking, it it just hit me. It's like, well, you know, a lot of these students that are coming in are coming in with mental baggage, so. This is a topic that needs to be discussed. This is a topic that it needed to be discussed within myself. (laughs) Um, So when it came to my motivation to speak on mental health, it started there, okay? I'm not sitting there saying that I have all the research and all the answers and the cures to things. That is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that at that moment, I realized that I had an obligation, a duty to speak on something that doesn't get spoke on enough, okay? So, as I'm writing the, the works of poetry, I'm seeing where I've grown, but I'm also seeing where I haven't dealt with the situation as best as I could either, and it was a very scary thing for me because, you know, after I wrote it, I couldn't read it because it was it was like, wow, my lights were so dim. My, my vision was so dark. You know, it was so dark that at that point I was raised in church. So, you know, I have a background in religion. So, you know, I like to say that I'm a Christian and that I believe in God, but I was just in such a dark place that I even was questioning my relationship with him. I, I just couldn't understand, I couldn't fathom why he would take someone that meant so much to me. And I, you know, I, I've heard people speak about grief before, but I just could not fathom why. And then I also realized that as a young African-American male, who is taught that from birth, you're born with two strikes. Mental health didn't fit into that two strike equation. Um, So when I got the motivation to speak about it, I knew that I had to be real because that's the only way I know how to be. Um, And being real is what drives me. You know, it, 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 it comes with a level of vulnerability because, you know, You are exposing yourself on a very intimate level. And I feel like the only way to grow is to do so. So that is what kind of served as my motivation to begin to speak about mental health. Um, So, yeah. Why do I think mental health is so taboo? Again, um, it just comes down to how we are conditioned. We are conditioned to continue to push which is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it it comes with grit and perseverance and things of that nature. But in doing that, sometimes we ignore things that we should not ignore. You know, when you're at work, if you didn't injure yourself, you're still going to work. You know, we're taught that sticks and stones may break bones, but words don't hurt. And we we are continually taught to push it to the side okay well you can deal with it later you can deal with it later you can deal with it later but there comes a point in time where later is now um so it's so taboo especially in in the black and brown community for a number of different reasons especially in children um the youth are some of the biggest sufferers of mental health problems but they are ignored the most as well um I know for a fact that in the black and brown community, a lot of times when there are mental issues with children, the parents take it as a personal attack at them. I can't tell you the number of times I've heard parents say, oh, nothing wrong with my child. My child is fine. Oh, he'll be okay. She'll be okay. But that's not the case. Those children need help. And, you know, it is that lesson that they learn from youth that they carry with them throughout their entire life. So when there is a mental health issue, they don't address it because there's nothing wrong with them. They're going to be fine. They're going to be okay. But that's not the case. We need to make it a point to teach our children that as much as it is important to address physical ailments, if we do not address the ailments of the mind, it is Equally, if not more important to deal with. I know that from a young age, you know, black and brown children are taught to, I don't want to use the word ignore, but they're taught to prioritize everything else except their mental health. And as I said before, if you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. And I have learned that personally. As I told you guys before, I didn't know how to grieve. So my grieving came out in different things. And it wasn't until friends of mine that knew me told me, Dom, you need to go and get help. You need to find a way to release the toxins that you have built up in your mind because if you don't we are worried for you there is no worse feeling in the world than feeling like you are helpless than feeling like you are not in control of your being because your mental health has deteriorated to such a state that you only see the negatives in everything and you know because this topic is so taboo in our communities, I fear, I fear, I fear that our children will grow up thinking that as well. And if that is the case, then we have failed them. We cannot fail them. All right. Someone asked me, how's my mental health? My mental health is actually in a much better place than it was, you know, just speaking quite frank. A lot of my issues stemmed from, you know, childhood trauma. You know, the fact that, you know, I didn't really have a two parent household, natural parents. I, I was blessed to have a person step in and serve as my second parent. But, I, you know, I had to deal with the single mom for a little bit, you know, that whole Shabazz. I had to deal with, you know, growing up basically poor. Um, not, you know, poor with, you know, dirt floor and no shoes, but it definitely wasn't as good as, you know, it could have been, which I'm quite sure anybody from 17th Lehigh can attest to the same story. Um, so I'm not sitting here asking for, you know, sympathy. That's not what I'm asking for. It's just setting the stage, like we said in the first episode, you know, understanding context. Okay. Um, so I realized that in my life, one of my biggest stressors is money um i hate not having money now i've never been rich and i'm probably never going to be rich and that's cool but it played a big part only because money gives you access and the freedom to enjoy your freedom if that makes any sense to those people that are listening um but yeah for me one of the biggest you know issues in life money and the reason why that is is you know it gets so so disheartening sometimes when you put your all into something and it just doesn't pay off the way that you think it would I mean hell I went to college got two degrees and I'm still broke <laughs> and I'm just like what the hell the point of me going to college Um but you know back to what I was you know trying to the point that I was trying to get across was that you know when I was a kid It was the lack of having things. So, like, I I couldn't put into perspective why, you know, I had to wear shoes that I had from the year before, or, you know, why I couldn't just go shopping when I felt like it, and things of that nature. So, you know, when it came to my mental health, I was learning bad tendencies early. I, I was always the person that would bury my feelings and be like, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll get over it until friends of mine start studying my face and they go, Dom, what's wrong? Nothing. I'm fine. I was always that Superman friend. You know, I would much rather deal with your shit than mine because I can deal with your shit. I can't deal with my shit. My shit was just too hard to deal with. Um, so luckily for me, you know, I started talking to some people, got a couple of therapy sessions in, and one of the most important thing for me was my therapist telling me to write, okay? Writing has literally saved my life. Um, when I wrote this book, I was able to release, you know, and now that I'm in a better financial place, now that I'm in a better spot mentally and physically, I am doing well. I can put into perspective how I'm doing. Am I where I want to be currently? No, but I've, I've learned some techniques on how to cope with disappointment. I've learned some different techniques on how to gauge and check my mental health. Um, I am okay. You know, every day is a battle. I miss my mom. I miss my dad. You know, my dad passed away, um, as well. And I I miss him as well. (laughs) um, It's it's rough. I'm not gonna lie. Life can get pretty tough. Life can beat you down, and you know if you don't find a way to alleviate that pressure of life, it's hard. Like life is not easy. If if it was, everybody will be successful at it. But I'm here to tell you, as living proof, that you can. You can reach your floor. And below, and go right down to your cellar and still be able to make it up to the penthouse. But you have to be able to deal with the issues that come with mental health. And finally, some advice that I have for those people that are dealing with mental health. First and foremost, you're going to be okay. And the reason why I say it is because you're not the only person going through what you're going through. Trust and believe there is someone that can understand what you are going through. So if you are feeling alone, if you are feeling like, you know, no one gets it, trust me, there is someone out there that does, okay? I know for a fact that you can survive what you're going through, because if I can do it, you can do it. Okay? I want you to know that there is love out there. There is light at the end of that tunnel that seems to be so dark and so long that you cannot get through. I promise you. 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 There is relief. You have to just be diligent in trying to find it. And I want everyone to know at the end of this episode that i love you all and that if you ever need me you know how to find me you are never ever ever alone and with that that concludes episode two of dom's waves of words if you liked the show please 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 subscribe share leave comments everything. It all helps me become a better person and hopefully puts out a better product. I wish you all a very good day. And again, I love you all. Goodbye.